0: Welcome to the latest episode of High Stakes. I'm Paige Soya, Managing Director of K Street Capital. And today's episode is going to be about emerging technologies in the audience engagement space. And we have two important guests, actually. One who's one of our investors and in LPs, Sarah Fagan. And one who is the CEO founder of one of our portfolio companies in this space, Michael Barnett. So before we get started, why don't we start with some intros? Sarah, I'll have you go first.
1: Yeah. Uh, Sarah Fagan, I am the CEO and one of the co-founders of Tunnel. We are an Arlington, Virginia-based audience intelligence platform. So we help connect advertisers with the people they're trying to reach. We have a suite of tools that allow them to better find those individuals they're trying to target. I'm a proud investor in k straight I've been an angel investor for quite a while, and it's been really fun to watch the DC market really flourish uh, in the last maybe decade or so. With so much technology. And frankly, we'll talk a little bit probably about government today, but a lot of it, nothing to do with government, which, you know, I think many years ago was everything was very government. Very different. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Definitely. Thanks, Sarah. um Michael.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a little of my backstory just because it ties into ultimately the companies that I've built. But so, had a chance to work in parliament, ended up writing a thesis on what ended up becoming Brexit. And then I figured out in this. In the political experience and the nonprofit experience, I figured a way to get people to donate and volunteer that was really efficient. So normally you were spending over a dollar to acquire a donor dollar the first year, and we figured out, like cut that by 50, 60%. And so I got to go all over the world, consulting for nonprofits, speaking to their events and realized that when you brought the right people together in a room, could be 10,000 people, could be a hundred people. You unlocked a lot of really great ideas, moved causes forward, moved companies forward, moved industries forward. And so, first company, it, something in the political space on engaging audiences, sort of pulling on this thread, and that one ended up exiting recently. And then, uh, sort of a media company during COVID, that was didn't go well. It was in virtual events, and if you looked at Hopin, you understand. And then Ingo, we sort of restarted during COVID, focusing on enterprise referrals more broadly, and especially around experiences and how do you get. How do you get people that are going to these great experiences? Could be a webinar, could be an event, could be a award program to refer out more of their connections, because every company can basically grow endlessly on the connections of their existing audience.
0: Thanks, Michael. Actually, and Sarah, maybe you can share a little bit more about Tunnel and the inspiration behind it, because I do think it's relevant here as well. Yeah, so uh, about a decade
1: ago, the company's origins formed in a, in a different company, but essentially it was around trying to make linear TV media buying more efficient because TV is often the largest line item in any, certainly any brand or large trade association or political campaign, but it was the least data driven. And so we really set out to try to solve that problem. And to help our customers figure out how to better allocate linear spend um, over time, you know, as the world has moved to connected television and the fragmentation of media just generally, and the, the advancement of social media, you know, video platforms, we've we've looked at a much more holistic approach to first and foremost focusing on the audience and building high quality audiences that meet people's needs. And our trade association brands needs in particular, but that then we can figure out how to help them find those individuals no matter where they're viewing a video or no matter where they're located. So we have software that helps determine if this is a good person to find on linear television or you should definitely focus on connected TV or actually maybe there's about in our audiences we find basically anywhere between 12 and 20 percent of any given audience. Is really just not reachable on the big screen in their home, and so you've got to to then look at something else. And I think, given Michael's background, you know that's where event management or you know out of home advertising, you know, can be an interesting connection point. And I think as we as the world and the technology advances, you know, brands will have a lot more opportunity to to do just much more robust and surgical communicating and reaching the people they're trying to to reach.
2: Yeah, really interesting. We're seeing a lot of demand on the experience side uh, for better insight into ROI, better insight into uh, who's showing up, the value of those people, uh, and just a lot more insight into accuracy, precision. It sounds like a similar trend. And these corporations are spending a fortune on field marketing, their webinars, their third party events, their trade shows and everything else. And the the inside it's pretty opaque what's actually happening on the other side of that.
1: And the other thing we really focus on on here, where we're in Washington, is that government is ever present and growing in terms of the rules and regulations, and the sort of even at the city level are causing any brand that is regulated, which now is most brands are basically in a regulated industry of some sort, that they end up having to sort of navigate a lot more than they did even five years ago, which is to say they've got government regulations at all levels of government. They've got activist shareholders in some cases. They've got, you know, activist employees. They sometimes have consumer bases that don't agree with their employee base. And they're having to navigate so many more topics that I would call them sort of small P political topics as they think about how to put their brand out into the market. And that's really the intersection at which we come in, which is we've, we build audiences, we can build any audience, but we tend to focus in the area where we have incredible strength by background, which is to sort of help regulated brands think through kind of all the dynamics of of what they're balancing and build an audience that that meets those needs.
0: Yeah, and I guess, Michael, when we're talking about capturing attention, like, I think it's so interesting what your what your product does, because, well, I guess maybe you could talk a little bit about how how it captures audience attention and 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 how how it prioritizes that attention towards whatever the the event or experience was where that where that person was.
2: Yeah, I think if you think about digital now and just the absolute flood that is digital, we're all awash in trillions of. Twitter posts, thread posts, Instagram posts, emails, and AI is only going to 100x that, right? like the amount of content one person can produce in a week is now uh, at least two, three, four times that it was, and that's only going to go up. And so digital is just getting more and more saturated. So then it becomes a question of, well, how do you reach people? How do you like, great, I've got this audience and I've got these targets based on Sarah's data, based on other data sets that I might have, and I've got these people I've identified and I know what they care about, but how do I even reach them? How do I engage them in a meaningful way? And what we found is that almost any brand, right? Like once upon a time, you would just send people to your website. And then once upon a time, you would send people to like a landing page. And now it's like, well, we'll send you to an offer, like a free coffee or something else. And what you're having to do is is create more and more valuable engagement for the for the target, right? For the prospect. And that's where experiences come in, right? And experience is almost always a high value offering to somebody for two reasons. One is it should be something fun, VIP reception, great conference, thought leader, dinner with you know, industry, other industry experts. And then the other part is like, but so how do you get to those people? How do you get them into that experience? And what we've seen work incredibly well and what Ingo's built on is driving referrals. If I say, hey, Sarah, hey, Paige, you should come check out this new Lockheed Martin engine or this new, uh, Google AI functionality, that's uh, interesting. But if I instead say, Hey, there's this really great dinner. We're going to or this really great reception or this really great conference on this topic about this thing, you go, Oh, that's much more interesting. Right now I can actually engage and you get two value props: right? The experience and the, the social connections. And so Ingo's built uh, a bunch of technology to leverage that, to say, to make it really easy for people to say, I'm gonna invite Sarah, I'm gonna invite Paige, I'm gonna invite my network. To join me for this wonderful experience, be, be it a webinar, an award program, anything where you're, there's a sort of a celebratory moment and like where you want to advocate, right? The causes are great. And right? to Sarah's point, right? causes create value for people, planting trees, saving wheels, building schools. There's all these different causal motivations as well for people. And I think that's where people need to start thinking more deeply about their audience is what do they really care about? What will motivate them? And not just like, oh, great, here's another landing page to throw out into the ether and hope people click on.
0: Yeah, I I especially like it because I I mean, I've used the product myself many times and gone to many events and and been able to like often you can't leverage the value of the event you went to online. Like, how do you do that? Right. It's not like an easy thing to do, I think, unless you have your own newsletter and you put stuff in there about it or whatever. Um, But Ingo makes it super easy to to share it with your own network. Which I think it has its own network effects, right? It's like a social proof mechanism where if you, you know, if your friends see that you're doing something, they're at least going to look into doing it. Maybe they might not do it, but at least they're going to consider it. So I just think that's super interesting. But maybe you guys can take a step back and talk about the space in general. Like the people that you sell to who are the buyers of these kind of products, what's the total landscape of the technologies that they're looking at? Not just, not just your companies, but other, other companies in the space that are doing different things, but how that fits into the picture.
1: Well, I would say, you know, Michael touched on ROI. I think that's always top of mind, and it's one of the questions that people are constantly asking in the in the advertising space. Which is like, what did I get out of this? I know I put this money in, and I deployed it on whatever mechanism, uh, and they want to know that that they've gotten some value out of it, or that that they grew their share, or they grew their 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 image. And so I think that companies that are able to make the connection between, you know, execution and return, you know, are having the most success. You know, right now, obviously, AI is the rage as well. And AI means a lot of different things. Uh, We always joke in our company. Yes, it does. Yes. That we were we were AI before anybody even knew what AI was because our our audiences are all built on machine learning algorithms. but. Yeah, I think they're also looking for cutting edge. And so, you know, there's a lot of different pieces to the puzzle from audience measurement to attribution to, you know, the ad, the sort of the ad tech features of just deploying advertisements to kind of more marketing insights. And there are a lot of players along the way, you know, the, the Martech space specifically, there's thousands and thousands and thousands. And when you look at those Loom escapes, you you can't even like, you need a magnifying glass, you know, and so it, what we really try to focus on a, as a company, and I think this is where the market will start to move is, and you'll see a lot of consolidation. There's always already been a lot of consolidation. It's like getting a getting up to the funnel. And getting it to the top of the funnel and be more in the decision intelligence space, which is like, how do I put all these pieces together to help a brand make a decision quicker? And so I could rattle off thousands of companies I've come across that are all doing kind of some piece of something, some better than others, but I do think it's a crowded space. And so you really have to differentiate.
2: I'd say... When I think about a landscape, I, I I try to like reduce it down to the essential element, which is like what's the problem that that landscape is solving. And you know, when I when we talk to our customers, it's cost per acquisition, which is brutal. That it's gone up every year, and you know, you're starting to see lots of people are talking about partnerships, lots of people are talking about referrals, lots of people are talking about super targeting, hyper targeting, AI targeting, because the money you're going to throw at go to market. And audience acquisition has got to be laser targeted to make sure you're getting the right people. Because once upon a time, you could just go through lots of Google ads out there. I mean, we're talking about like early two thousands. You just think like, it was so cheap, you yep. could just acquire tons of people and then filtered out as you went down. Now, I think to Sarah's point, you got to do the filtering before you even start spending money. Yes, and and so I think that's that's really interesting, right? I think that's where you start to get really good insights into um, ideal customer profile, right? Like, who do I want? Well, I probably want somebody that you know, is cutting edge. Well, what does that mean that they're on the cutting edge? Like, how do you know that somebody's on the cutting edge, right? Like, I don't want the laggard. If I target them, you know, my company is certainly not ready for your typical laggard. And so I think like that's where this gets interesting. And I think that where like referrals are really interesting, because birds and a feather flock together, that it just so happens that you sort of what we've seen lots of our customers go, well, how, how do I target ads out of Google or out of Ingo? And you go, well, Because your audience knows your prospects, they naturally do the targeting for you. And so I think that's, that's interesting. I think the other thing that's interesting, and I'd I'd love to hear Sarah's thoughts on this as well, is the community element. I think that, you know, what you're thinking really hard about over at Tunnel is, who is my current community and how do I get more of that? And how do I, how do I empower that community, engage that community, understand that community? And I think we're thinking a lot of the same way, which is, great. you have a community, are they empowered to grow your, to grow the community themselves? Are they, do you understand who they are? Do you understand who your, your VIPs are? Who has the most influence? Who can drive the growth, let alone, are you doing that? Are you driving that growth? Um, and so we think there's a lot of opportunity there because you can start to one, be very targeted, but you can also start to collapse the go-to-market funnel. We've spent, I don't know, better part of a couple of decades now expanding and slicing up the funnel into more and more pieces. And to some degree, it's just overly complex now, right? You need to get more targeted on fewer people and then with more powerful but fewer steps. You can't have a 100-step funnel and think it's going to work and be manageable for a team.
0: Yeah. Were you going to add anything there, um, Sarah? No, I think that's right. Uh,
1: And I, I think that's, you know, where companies like ours and others in the space that that do audience targeting or, you know, a referral and event management, you know, kind of come into play, which is to to help people get to a better starting point, you know, which is to start out with the right group of people to be communicating with. And ultimately that will increase ROI, you know, because you'll have fewer wasted impressions, fewer wasted emails, fewer wasted, you know, coupons given away that don't, actually translate into anything long term so
0: yeah exactly and actually on that on that note like thinking about the 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 costs and all of this and and trying to target the right fewer people but for longer also like a meaningful and sustained engagement with those those potential customers or that audience are you guys seeing what what technologies are you seeing in the space to help with the process of staying engaged with sustained engagement for longer periods of time with the with the right audience versus just attracting that audience in the first place and, and pulling them in.
2: Sure. So I think that what we're seeing that's really exciting is repurposing content and doing it very effectively. I think AI can be a real leverage point here, which is, great, we just had a webinar and somebody spoke, now it turns into an article, turns into a blog post, turns into a social media post. We distill it down to a hot take reel. We re- we reuse that. Um, and so, I, I don't that very political. I haven't actually watched a lot of Joe Rogan. I've seen, but I like on YouTube, once in a while, you're scrolling through and you see one of his things and you're like, that's actually really, like, the, 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 the hot take's really powerful, right? That was interesting, right? And I'm like, I think that there's a lot of opportunity to do that in B2B. I think that oftentimes I'm like, oh, I've got this interesting question about a particular customer, like in what their CEO said, or a particular challenge I'm running into in management. It would be really fantastic if instead of having to go listen to an hour-long talk or a two-hour-long yeah. talk, the AI would be like, here's the, I don't know, 45 seconds you need to hear about IBM or about Google to know how to solve their problem.
1: Yeah. And what I see, Paige, is, uh, you know, I think some of the most innovative things happening in the in the marketing space is, is really around creatives and, you know, and the ability to, and I think AI has the potential to be incredibly powerful here, which is there's so many advertisements snippets social media posts what have you just flooding consumers on an hourly daily basis and it's really you know we we always say we can find you the right people but the the creative that that's a that's a whole other animal that needs to be solved for and that's where getting to sustained attention really matters is that you've got to do both things really really well you've got to make sure your dollars are spent wisely. And when you capture the right people, you've got to figure out the ability to keep them or keep them coming back or or get them into a funnel so that you can get them to join your community or your brand page or whatever your objective is. And so I'm, I've am i seen a, a number of different kind of s- smaller startups that I think have a lot of promise. Uh, and there's there's other bigger players too. But I think you're going to just see a ton of, dollars flowing there. And ultimately, you know, there'll probably be a couple big winners down the road. Uh, it's hard to kind of pick today who I think that's going to be. But I've been watching that space a little bit as well. And I think we've we've certainly seen some interesting companies come through K Street.
0: Yep. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're coming up on time. So I guess I would just say any final thoughts for our founders or investors that are listening to this episode? I think it's a great time to start a business.
1: The, there's so much energy in the technology space. There's there are so many, I think, good opportunities. Obviously, building a business is not for the faint of heart. It's hard and bumpy and can be a roller coaster at times. But um, you know, I, I do. I think, particularly in this area, uh, is I've gotten more deeper into the business community. Aside, of, and I was in politics for many years before that. So I came to the business community relatively late in my career, so to speak. I've been really heartened just like at the diversity, the amount of great funds around here. Yeah,
0: and
1: yeah. And so I think that that it's a this is a great place to do business and a great place to do technology.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, it just when I think about my own startup, I which was over a decade ago that I started. There's just so many technologies now that make it easier to to yeah. start from zero to get to you know, where it took me three or four years to get to. You could get to in six months now. So it's it's really pretty incredible. Um any, anything else, Michael?
2: Yeah, I think you know, when you're thinking about growing a company, growing an organization, a nonprofit, or anything, right? Like I think what Sarah's doing it I think the, the way to understand everything we just talked about, if you're you're from outside our space is to think, well, first thing, I need a customer base. I need an audience. And so I need to understand them. That's I need data, right? on. I need tunnel something like that to understand this audience, and then right you got to start creating value for that audience. Oftentimes that's going to be content, that's going to be something you know like something more and a product, hopefully maybe a freemium offering. And those start to create experiences, and then once you've got these experiences, you want to start getting them referred out, and that's where Ingo comes in. And so I think that's where Ingo's really exciting and interesting is we leverage the behavioral science, the AI, the data, and um and the ego to really drive people to do as much referring as we can get them.
0: Couldn't have said it better. That was the perfect tie-in to wrap this all up. So thank you. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoyed it, please leave us a rating and review. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks.